0: Northwestern Medicine, relentless in their pursuit of better health care. Learn more at nm.org slash better. Looks like a great Sunday morning. Some nice weather coming up. We'll update it all for you in a few minutes. Uh, Right now, ladies and gentlemen, we go to Dr. Jeremy Silver, who's medical director of emergency medicine at Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital, for the week in health. Dr. Silver, welcome to the show. Good to have you with us again. Let me push the button so we can actually hear Dr. Silver this time. Good morning, Doc. How are you? Dean, how you doing? Doing very, very well. So, uh, as uh, you may or may not know, you know when I'm, uh, you know when I have some downtime, I like to sit and uh, read, uh, you know, the latest information from the Centers for Disease Control. Uh, And they had a very interesting article that came out this week about the HPV vaccine and uh, the positive impact that it is apparently having. First, explain what it is and then explain what this new update is.
1: Yeah, so HPV, uh, human papillomavirus, um, is a virus that affects humans. And, and, and let me just say before I continue that um, this conversation is going to relate to topics that may not be appropriate for youngsters. So I, I just I caution parents if uh, young, young folks are listening. Um, but it's, uh, it's a virus that affects uh, primarily uh, people of reproductive age because it is passed through um, sexual contact. Um, both uh, genitalia to genitalia and also genitalia to oral cavity, uh, and, uh, and it can lead to cancer. Um, and that's um, sort of the big talking point here is that it's not just, uh, you know, a, a sexually transmitted uh, infection potentially, um, but also um, when it, when it uh, does infect the body, it can transform the cells and cause them to develop uh, cancerous mutations. Uh, and so there's a, there's a vaccine that's available, uh, routinely available for, for kids that can start as young as nine. Um, and it has significant effect. Um, we've seen reductions in cancer, um, uh, in women of childbearing age of up to 80%. Um, uh, which is that's a, enormous. a huge reduction.
0: That's enormous. It's,
1: it's enormous. So yeah. it's, it's unusual to have a vaccine that's that effective. Uh, might I say a, another vaccine of similar effectiveness would be the measles vaccine. Huh. Um, so just a plug, just a plug there for, for vaccines in general. Um, but but uh, basically it's it's available all the way up until 45 years old. And then it seems to have less impact. And I don't believe it's offered after that.
0: Yeah, I, um, I people I, may <laughs> go ahead. Amy. No, well, no, I was just going to say that. I, uh, I, I'm i glad that you gave the preface that if you've got small children around, you may, uh, you know, want to use some parental discretion there. But I think this impo- information is so important uh, when you have a huge, such a huge drop by 88 percent among teenage girls and 81 percent among young adult women uh, that it, it's I, I think parents need to know that adults need to know that in order to protect their kids. I mean, if you want to shield your kids and, you know, bury your head in the sand when it comes to important information like that, I guess that's up to you. But I think for most people, it's uh, very important to know that this HPV vaccine uh, that was introduced in 2006 is incredibly effective, uh, it seems.
1: Yeah, and I would just say, you know, for those with vaccine hesitancy, um, or for those who may actually may you know have a legitimate concern about the vaccine side effects, it's always you always have to look at the risk of the disease versus the risk of the cure, and if the risk of the disease is greater than the risk of the cure, then typically you recommend the cure. Uh, and in this case, you know while some people can have allergic reactions to vaccines. Uh, and rare autoimmune events, they are vanishingly low. It's not to say they don't happen, they do. But the risk of developing cancer from HPV is significantly higher. So, to me, a no brainer.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, if uh, anyone is going to talk to their own doctors uh, about this, uh, who, who are, uh, is it young uh, girls, teenage girls, and young adult women uh, who are most affected by this?
1: It is, uh, although it, it's available to everybody, um, and so would recommend that if you have a youngster, uh, talk to their pediatrician or primary care doctor. Um, the schedule is, like every other vaccine schedule, it's complicated. I don't think any of us commits these to memory, but they're readily available online. Uh, and of course, on the CDC website.
0: Yeah, it uh, it does affect uh, men as uh, well, but uh, be be aware of that. That's uh, that's quite the finding. Uh, one thing I wanted to ask you about this uh, that came up this week: uh, when the former talk show host Wendy Williams uh, was, who is the subject of a documentary uh, right now, released information that she is living with uh, frontal temporal dementia aphasia uh, which is similar to what bruce willis has apparently can you explain what that is
1: yeah first of all my heart goes out to to anybody who's suffering with this disease it's a horrible disease it 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 strikes down folks in the prime of life uh, and uh it's just incredibly debilitating so frontotemporal dementia and and that the name of the disease is, a, is a descriptive. It describes where in the brain the disease has its impact, and that's in the frontal lobes, uh, where your personality exists and your uh, your executive function, uh, meaning that all of your uh, task generation comes from that area. And then the temporal lobes, um, where you have emotions um, and and some other behaviors. So it's uh, it really destroys the personality. There's a couple of different variants. Um, but but the bottom line is that they don't. It, it's it's a challenge right now because the cause is unknown. We we think it's probably genetic. Um, so those with family history are are at higher risk. But it 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 starts to impact people in uh, in behavioral ways. Um, you can have uh, personality changes and deterioration and, and hygiene and socially inappropriate behavior, and it's just uh, from there it just totally degenerates. So it's. It's really just an awful disease and, uh, and no known cure at this point.
0: The, uh, the word in that whole diagnosis there that I think most pe- people recognize is dementia. Uh, similar kinds of uh, symptoms uh, for this as uh, people suffering other forms of dementia? Correct. Yeah.
1: So it, it, uh, it starts with uh, more of a behavioral component typically. Um, so if you were to ask, well, how would I know, um, you know, if someone that you, you, you normally interact with is completely uh, normal and then starts to, to display bizarre behavior or will become unhinged in scenarios mm-hmm. where they normally wouldn't, lack of self-awareness or just something feels different, you know, that's a good, good indication that you might want to talk to your doctor just in general. Of course, there's so many different things that can lead to behavioral changes, but that's, that's the, the numero uno. Uh, And they can often start out subtly, so people just kind of maybe blow it off or put it to the back of mind until it becomes more of an obvious thing.
0: Yeah, you mentioned that uh, this often strikes at a fairly early age. Wendy Williams is 59. I got to think that Bruce Willis is somewhere around there, give or take, uh, a couple of years. Does that seem uh, about normal, uh, a a normal age for something like this to happen, uh, you know, mid Mid fifties to uh,
1: mid sixties, say. Yeah, prime of life. So forty to sixty five is the, the the range in which symptoms typically begin to dem- to, to come to the forefront. Uh, so yeah, both Wendy and, and Bruce Willis, um, I think, fit within that uh, within that range.
0: Yeah, is this something you you? I think you had said that uh, it could be hereditary because the eight one five area code uh, just uh, dropped a note saying my maternal grandmother. And one of my first cousins on my mother's side both had it and died young. Uh, is this uh, something that people should be concerned with if they have family members who have had it?
1: That, that's a tough one. That, thanks for that excellent question from the caller. Uh, you know, then it, then the, you have a very interesting philosophical question that arises, which is if you could test for the gene, do you want to know? <laughs> so it's because there's no cure. Um, you know, that I guess it could be a weight hanging over you in either way. But my suggestion for that person is, is uh, maybe to see a genetic counselor. Um, I, you know, because the field of genetics is moving at the, the, the speed of light, uh, there may be tests that become available that aren't available today, that become available tomorrow that can help risk stratify and just help you plan. So uh, so certainly something that could be important for that
0: caller. Yeah, that's something for everyone to think about a little bit, you know, whether it's uh, dementia or, uh, you know, whatever it is. uh, Would you want to know what would you do? Uh, I've talked to so many people in in all the shows that we've done on cancer, on breast cancer, on Alzheimer's, on forms of dementia, uh, people who uh, are diagnosed And they they wanted to know. They they wanted to live every single minute as fully as they possibly could. Uh, And I think probably I fall into that category as well. But I guess everybody would be different. I'm sure, uh, you know, you in treating patients must, uh, you know, see reactions of all kinds.
1: It's true. Um, You know, and some folks may want to just live their lives as if there was a, a shot clock when maybe there wasn't. Um, so it's just uh different strokes for different folks. Um, but but these these hereditary diseases without a cure uh in which frontotemporal dementia fits, um, just really challenging and the hope is uh with ongoing research that uh you know in the next six months somebody comes out and says, Hey, I think I figured this one out.
0: Yeah. Uh, Several people texted in and said that Bruce Willis is uh, 68 years old, so that falls right into the range that uh, you are talking about. This is Dr. Jeremy Silver on with us from uh, Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital, the medical director of emergency medicine, who answers uh, your questions and our questions, uh, 312-981-7200. If you've got a comment, if you've got a question for Dr. Silver, we're coming to you next. Dean Richards, Sunday morning on WGN with Dr. Jeremy Silver. The Week in Health, 312-981-7200. It's our phone number if you've got questions. The 773 area code uh, says, Dean, whether you're healthy or not, it's best to live your life. Fully every day, boy. That's the truth. I had said that you know, that if you knew that you had something that I would want to know, so I could you know live every day fully. But uh, that's an excellent point that you make. Uh, you should do that whether you're uh, healthy or not healthy, uh, doctor. Also from the eight four seven area code, uh, we have the question in uh, first of the year. I went on a diet as everyone else did. I began exercising. Uh, which I've now uh, slowed down with. I have went on an all-no-carb diet, which I've now slowed down in. What is actually effective? Am I doing anything dangerously?
1: Great question. Thanks, caller. And and I think uh, millions of people woke up this morning with probably a very, very similar, if not an identical narrative in their head, Um, you know, diets, This is the holy grail of of the human existence. If we could figure this out, uh, first of all, whoever figures it out is going to be worth a trillion dollars, but more importantly uh, is going to be responsible for a lot of extended lives. So, uh, you know, I can't comment on on whether you're doing things safely. It sure sounds like you are. Um, Calorie reduction diets are exceedingly common, uh, and uh, they certainly can work, but they're extremely hard. Uh, to maintain, uh, because you, you you basically have a set point uh, of calories that your body is, is used to, and your brain, um, you know, is is stimulated in a way that that tells you, you know, hey, you're not getting that set point. You know, let's let's uh, get things going and, and you know pick up that donut for crying out loud. So it, uh, it, it's extremely difficult. Um, the diets can work, um, but it just it requires a lot of discipline. Um, and, of course, there's a variety of other diets, but many of them are going to revolve around uh, cutting carbs uh, simply because carbs are, are uh, in some ways, uh, empty calories and they get converted to fat in the body, which, of course, is what you're trying to avoid. So very tricky. Of course, the, the equation is so simple, it's, it's almost irritating. Uh, you know, the amount of energy you expend has to be greater than the amount you take in and then you burn right. fat. I mean, it's, right. it's, a, it's as simple as that but
0: really tricky. Uh, I don't even know what the, the current popular diet fads are, but there's, there's always a just eat this and you'll lose all kinds of weight. Just eat that. Just take this. Just take that. What, what is really, is it just moderation really that uh, works best? Or are some of these, uh, you know, trendy fad diets actually effective and healthy?
1: Moderate moderation is my uh, MO, so I'll just be clear that, you know, I would love to lose a few LBs um, and become uh, a a physical specimen to be admired. Uh, I know that that probably isn't going to be achieved, but, um, you know, I try to just keep the the sugar low and try and avoid sugary drinks and sodas uh, because we know that those contribute to risk for diabetes and weight gain. Um, and I try and keep my saturated fat intake low, meaning that I, I try to eat fewer hamburgers and more uh, pieces of salmon. Um, but but do I eat hamburgers? Of course. There's nothing better than a juicier uh, smash burger on, on a on a nice Sunday afternoon. <laughs> um, but that being <laughs> that being said, uh, one diet that has. Come to light recently is the, uh, the intermittent fasting diet. Mm. Uh, and there have been studies published, one in the New England Journal of Medicine, which is a, a, a pretty uh, mainstream uh, journal for physicians that practice clinically. Um, and that is uh, basically taking a chunk of the day uh, and saying, I'm not going to eat anything between these hours. And usually it's an 18-hour period. Uh, and so, you know, 18 or 12 or 10, I don't know that there's a, a specific number, um, and, and I don't know the study well enough to quote the numbers from the study, um, but they, they did note uh, that there was uh, a reduction in certain uh, inflammatory markers, and there were subjective improvements in thinking, memory, physical performance. Uh, I personally have dabbled with the intermittent fasting diet. I find it to be just as challenging as the carb cutting diet um but in terms of does it work, I think we're seeing that it that it does uh that it does work or that it can work for some folks yeah
0: you, know, you know i um was it was it last week or the week before I can't remember now I had a colonoscopy and went through the you know the whole procedure uh, with that, including uh, no eating, certain number of hours before the actual procedure took place. And what I what I I I do this every time that I've had a colonoscopy. I've had three or four of them, I guess. Uh, I I always think that oh, there's no way I can go that many hours without eating or just having bouillon or you know clear Jello or something like that. But it turns out you can, which makes me think that a lot of what we go through with so-called hunger really is in our heads more than it is in our stomachs. It's something that we just kind of get used to eating all the time when really we don't need to. Turns out I didn't die after all. After just having bullion for, I don't know, 24 hours or something, I actually felt kind of good. And, uh, you know, I I felt uh, a a little less, uh, you know, sluggish and, uh, and all that.
1: I think that's a real. I think that's a real effect. I don't think that that feeling's in your head. I think that's in your body. Um, that's your body telling you, "Hey, th- thanks, Dean, for not you know shoving uh, processed food and and uh, giving me a chance to kind of regenerate." But the the trick, of course, is then doing that, replicating that uh, every week, every month, uh, over over the
0: long term. Yeah, that's, just that's getting used to it, right? So I think it's just getting used to it. That's right. Yeah. Turns out my colonoscopy was just fine. By the way, too, I'm sure you're all. Very, I'm glad to hear that. I'm sure you're all very concerned about my my innards that way. Uh, the <laughs> the 407 uh, area code is Parkinson's disease, part of the family of diseases related to dementia. Uh
1: Parkinson. Yes. Yeah. So, pa- Parkinson's disease is a, is a disease that. Uh, uh, basically, it's a progressive disorder of the nervous system, and um, it's very commonly um, associated with dementia. Um, there's also uh, slowed movement, uh, rigidity of the muscles, uh, tremors, speech changes, um, and uh, and and it's a chronic disease. Um, many people would think of uh, somebody like Michael J. Fox. Uh, if they're looking for uh, somebody that you know, they can think of and relate to who has the disease um, and, uh, and it can't be cured uh, but uh, some of the medicines that are available for Parkinson's do help improve the symptoms um, and there, there's some thought that maybe deep brain stimulation may be a, a, an option down the line and that becomes more mainstream. Uh,
0: but similar to dementia or, or not really?
1: Uh, I I I think you you could definitely put it in that category um, where you basically have these uh, protein changes in the brain Mm. um, that uh, form clumps uh, and basically disrupt the normal architecture of the brain. Uh, Sort of of similar to Alzheimer's uh, where you have these plaques and proteins uh, that that are found in the the brain. So, yes.
0: Similar in how it works, but uh, obviously two completely different things. Dr. Jeremy Silver is the uh, medical director of emergency medicine, Northwestern's Kishwaukee Hospital. And it's uh, always a pleasure to have you on the show, doctor. Thank you. And I hope you have a great Sunday today. Thank you.
1: Dean, thanks for having me. Good to talk to you.